I'm Jim Shelby, and this is Larry Cohen. And across behind the camera, looking dapper as always, is the Jen, Carter. Jen Carter. Hello, you girl. said lovely. Yes. You said dapper, so I don't know which one's worse. Thanks, guys. I should see you in the tux. <laughs> anyway, so we've got some things we want to cover. It is by the time this podcast is out, we will have done some extreme things. Yeah. So like our tomorrow is skydiving. Skydiving. I've never been skydiving. I'm not either. I have a fear of flights, heights. <laughs> You're screwed then. Yes. <laughs> I, and I can only imagine when I'm up in the plane. Like, I have a habit of doing extreme things and then, like, figuring out, like, why the heck did I do it? Like, once I backpack into remote areas of the Andes and, like, there was snow avalanches and all this stuff and I would, like... I would have given anything to be airlifted out of there, but I had to climb down the other side, and it was a test, and I, I couldn't imagine why I did it, but I did it. That was really stupid. Yeah, happy at the end, happy at the end, like happy endings, but... Happy endings are great. I know. Okay, anyway. So, anyways, I sorry to hog this first segment, but I know. I, you're I talking about like, happy endings. I feel good about it. feel like I'm going to be up in the plane, they're going to open the door, and I'm going to be like, I the, did I do this? What do you mean? And like, how do, how, why do I keep putting myself in situations like this? Okay, that's my thought. We're doing skydiving. Extreme. Yeah, but I actually started a campaign, and the highest bidder gets to make sure my parachute is good. But I don't know why <laughs> my ex-wives keep bidding Yes, I was going to say, we can make <laughs> a lot of money on that. Right, and then I'll switch with, par- with right. your parachute. It'll yes. be fine. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, so we're going to go extreme, and we did something else really, really extreme. extreme. So have you ever had a bucket list? Everybody knows what a bucket list is. It's the things I've got to do before I die. And then there's things that you're like, I'm not going to put that on my bucket list or my dream board because it just isn't possible. So one of those things for me was... I wanted to be an astronaut when I was little. Who didn't want to be an astronaut? I wanted to drink Tang. Remember Tang? Oh, yeah. And I wanted to have those freeze-dried meals. That's just weird. I know. They always look so good. The space They're meals. not yes, good. The space meals. That's like a gas station hamburger. I know, it looks good. You microwave it. You take a bite. And it's like... You could have chicken picante in space. And, you know. Just add space. Anyway, so we saw something yesterday, and we... Booked it. Took action on it. Yesterday, right? Because the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of the opportunity. So we saw the opportunity, saw a commercial for Virgin Galactic. What is Virgin Galactic? It's a division of... Oh, time out. If you Google it, make sure you put in Galactic. I just Googled the first word and weird things come up. Anyway, go ahead. So it's a division of Virgin Airways, a.k.a. Richard Branson. Sir. Sir. Richard Branson. And what do they do? Well, they fly airplanes and take cruise ships to exotic places. But Virgin Galactic Galactic goes, takes people into space. 
Right. So the thing says take one small step for a giant leap. Yeah. So we took the giant step. And we made reservations to go into space on our own spaceship. Well, not our own spaceship. We didn't buy it. But no, we we'll didn't. be on the... Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we could almost buy it. It cost half a million dollars to go in 250, 250 as in thousands. Stop looking at me that way, Jen. You guys can't see the look I'm getting from Jen, but it's piercing. Anyway, so we thought if we're going to do a podcast called Extreme Ownership, we better be pretty freaking extreme. So I thought that was really extreme. And I think it's it's kind of a metaphor for your business. Yes. And so let's transition a little bit because we, we always want to talk about the extreme things that we're doing or have done. We're going to Mexico this week. Uh, we'll be leaving on Thursday. So the next podcast will be live from Puerto Vallarta. Yes. So hopefully it'll be on a beach. The following week will be live from Gulf Shores. Yes. And the third week we may or may not be on the moon. I don't know when our trip is, but we'll find out. (laughs) But the moral of the story is we saw an opportunity. We took the opportunity. I think a lot of small business owners will see the opportunity, believe in the opportunity, and then get paralyzed, unwilling to take action. So one of the things that I love about my partnership with Larry, our relationship, is that we continue to push each other. I was talking with someone on the phone today, and I said, the one thing that you have to know about having any kind of relationship with me is that I'm going to make you uncomfortable. I'm going to push you beyond what you think is possible. And, you know, I invoke very strong feelings in people. They either love me or they hate me. Like legitimately, if we put up a pole to set up my parachute, it would raise tens of thousands. (laughs) (laughs) It would be, it would be a problem for me. But I say all that to say this, change is uncomfortable. Risk is uncomfortable. But when there's a lot of risk, there's a lot of reward. And so many people are, are content. Like so many people right now are content with their, with their unemployment check. They're like, I get an extra $600. Well, what if you made $600 an hour? A lot of people look at that and go, wow, that's really good money until you realize there's only 24 hours in a day and you just set a cap for yourself in your life and in your business. And that's not extreme. Can I talk about that? So $600 a week or $600 a day? Everybody would choose $600 a day, but they're afraid to let go of the $600 a week to get to the $600 a day. And I get that, totally get that and, and respect that point of view but how that relates to this space trip that we're, we just booked ourselves on is it is one small step at a time in other words like you don't go in most cases from 600 a week to 600 a day there are steps that are required to get there but if you never let go of the 600 a week you can be assured that you'll never get to the $600 a day. So we each let go of, of a deposit. We had to put down a deposit on our half a million dollar trip last night. And that's- I still don't feel well. That's one small step towards it. You're not gonna tell us how much it and was, And one, you? pardon me? You're not gonna tell us what the deposit was, are No, you? but it's in the four figures, wow. so it was significant. And, and then we have to keep putting down more. So one small step, one small step. So to look at half a million dollars is a lot. To look at just 
one step here, one step there is more palatable, and then collectively over time, it becomes the giant step or the giant leap into space. Yeah, and I, I remember one time. And that's like an extreme, sorry, Jim. Oh, you're fine. Say anyhow and then go ahead. That's fine. Anyhow. <laughs> All right. I remember one time I offered. Oh, and then? No. <laughs> I offered. Here, can you read this? I offered one time. No. We offered a lady. Larry was involved in this. We offered, I offered a, lady a lady a job. A significant amount of money. And... <laughs> okay, I'm going to be quiet. If you've just tuned in. Yeah. If you've just tuned in. Extreme ownership. Okay. Um, but no, we offered a lady a job making $3,000 a month. And she said, will you report the income? And oh, I said, yes, well, I yes, it's, it's, it's a job. And she goes, I can't accept. And I said, why? And she said, because it'll impact my Social Security. I said, she got Social Security disability. I said, how much is your Social Security disability? She said, $634 a month. What? I said, but if you make 3000 wouldn't you be willing to give up the $634? And she said, no, because the $634 is guaranteed. And that's where I want to kind of tie in everything we've talked about so far. You will have guarantees in life. There's small little guarantees. There's things that you can bank on and you can count on. But those things lead to complacency. Those things lead to being afraid to take risks and take the next step. So as a small business owner and how you translate being extreme into business ownership, I think every small business owner that I've known or most of them are willing to do what it takes to grow. Now, that's not always true. I met a lady. She's got a, a business and I know some of her employees. She has no desire to grow her business. She thinks she does. Right. But she's unwilling to take the steps necessary to grow the business. So I'm going to ask anyone that's watching this, if you know somebody that's stuck in their business or wanting to take steps to grow their business, or maybe those that have taken massive steps, we got to talk to them on the show. Definitely. So tag them below and put some contact information. We'd like to talk to them. But you have to be willing to take the steps. When you look at a mountaintop, that mountaintop isn't scaled by jumping yes. to the top. You've got to climb. Uh, anything you want to add to that, Larry? No, I just, you know, again, like, it's, it's our society and so much of what we see on TV and in media just is representative of the giant step, the quantum leap. Like, I was, you know, living hand to mouth, and then the next day I did this. What did you do? Or, you know. What? The next day... I was rich. Or, you know, I was 300 pounds and then, you know, I lost 32 pounds in one month. And those, those things happen, but they don't happen to most of us. And what happens is we take score in our lives and compare ourselves to some of these, the, the media sensation that we see. And we oftentimes, or almost all the time, fall short of that. And what I just want to encourage people to consider that are listening to this is that a small step, 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 a small step equals a large step. But it just, it, it, you just take it a small step at a time and you accumulate these little wins, which then over time look like a big win. Right. So when, when COVID, you know, first 
you know, reared itself in in the incarnation that appeared we'd be shut down and everything was in March. And I was at about 200 and close to 270 pounds then. And I thought to myself that, oh, geez, like, this will give me, like, a green light to even eat more because I won't be going out as much. I'll be watching TV, and I love to eat while watching TV. But I decided at that point to lose a lot of weight. But I didn't go from 270 to 230. I went from 270 to 269. Guess what? No one noticed. 269 to 268. No one noticed. But it was hard for me, but no one noticed. No one noticed. Now, just recently, now I'm down into the mid 230s. So I've lost 30 plus pounds during COVID. But what I, 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 I'm saying about this is it was one pound at a time. Right. And no one notices the one pound at a time, but now they notice. So if you apply that into your life, that's, see, that is what, what I call extreme. But I don't want people to think extreme means like jumping way beyond where you can get. It's sure. little, 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 but it's over a period of time. It's the consistency that creates the extreme. Yeah, I used, I used to weigh 352 pounds, and I lost 170 pounds in six months and everybody was we shocked doing weight loss and that we should <laughs> we just <laughs> go ahead and hit stop and stop. we're going to switch yeah. up yeah. with the Jim and Larry right. weight loss podcast all right yeah. I mean actually we used to not fit on the screen yeah <laughs> so that's why we have to do a split screen now right because <laughs> anyway so the moral of the story is when I talk to people that I hadn't seen because when you don't see people for six months and they see you they're like oh my god what'd you do right and I got to the point where I wouldn't answer them anymore because they weren't satisfied with diet and exercise. Yes. When when you just tell them you worked hard. That's so true. The same thing happened to me. Like, what, what was the plan? Like, just <laughs> eating less and exercising more. And, like, there was, I didn't read a book or take a pill or. Right. You just, like, you have to work hard. Right. I knew somebody that quit smoking. They've since started smoking again. But they quit smoking. And they said, quitting smoking is the easiest thing to do. You stop buying cigarettes. And you stop put them stop putting them in your mouth. But if you're not really committed, then you'll always start again. That's you if you don't have the willpower, right. the stick to itiveness to be there, it's always gonna happen. That's why people gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. It's all part of the journey. Only the extreme only the, right. people, only the really dedicated people can can do it and and stay with it anything else you want to add to that before we move on to no, the next let's topic move on. all right perfect so we're gonna we're gonna come back here in just a minute we're gonna hear from our sponsors and we're gonna come back we've got a fantastic guest in the studio we're talking about the small business spotlight those doing things taking steps quantum leaps yes if you will from where they are to where they need to be stay with us in just a couple of minutes we're going to be right back here with mr vic porcelli Denali delivers. Here's how it works. Make a list of what you need. We source from Home Depot or the hardware store of your choice. Text the list to 314-499-2992 to start your order. Then Denali delivers your order on the scheduled delivery date. Denali. Hmm. All right. So here we go. Welcome back to Extreme Ownership with Jim and Larry. I'm going to go ahead and turn my phone down. Apologize turn about that. Phone down, Jim. Don't, don't tell me what to do. I don't know how to do it. Oh, there it is. 
So we're here today in a segment that I call the Business Spotlight. And the reason why I wanted to invite this gentleman here and Vic is because <laughs> is because I was talking with Jen, our creative director earlier. She's actually in the room. Hello. And she said something that really made me think of Vic Porcelli. Mm. And what she said was her grandfather started a restaurant. It was on the hill. And she asked, do you call him grandpa or gran grandpa? What'd you call him? Grandpa. Grandpa. She said, grandpa, why did you start, or what made you start a restaurant? Or can, can you just regurgitate? I know you're not on camera. He can, was but telling me how he had no restaurant experience. No restaurant he experience. He started this restaurant. And, and he started a I restaurant. Said, grandpa, how did you start a restaurant when you didn't know anything about restauranteering? And he just looked at me. And cuffed as, his hands. As, yeah, and cuffs his hands as we look over his rack of lamb that he had made. And he goes, big balls. <laughs> right. But, but that's what it takes. So, Vic, I'm going to be real and brutal and honest with you and talk about it. You've been fired from some really good gigs. Uh, hold on. I just, I'd rather use a different word. Okay. Because I wasn't fired for anything I did. Right. They were all layoffs because of... Oh. Uh, you know, I Radio let go of a thousand people the day they let me go. CBS, like all 200 people across the country, the day that they let me go. So it's been that kind of a thing. The River, they just changed the format, changed the station, changed everything, and fired everybody. You know, So I try not to use the word fire as much as let go. Yeah. Right. It's it's me. It's not you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. It's not you. It's I me. I invented it's not you. It's me. Okay. Right. But no, the, so let me just, let me talk really about that. Because whether you're let go or you're fired, you had an uprooting, life-altering experience many times. And unlike situations where most people get let go, yours was very public, yeah. right? You were, you were let go from a radio station where you essentially were the radio station. The River, that was you, right? Yeah. That you built the brand. Porcelli's Deli is iconic. People still look for Purcelli's Deli. Like they look for a pastrami sandwich or something. They think it's a physical location because of the brand recognition. And I, I, I'm not joking. Like, people hear that and they go, I ate there one time. I'm like... And the food was great. No, you yeah. didn't. <laughs> and they're like, no, I really did. Do you get that a lot? It's funny that uh, that, that show hasn't been on the air in 14 years. And people still say, you know, Purcelli's Deli? But there was a girl one time. It was at... I'll never forget the, the scenario. It was at one of our Christmas concerts. We used to do... Uh, toys for, uh, we used to talk about toys for tots, the Marines, and this girl had had a couple of cocktails, and she came up to me and said, I've eaten at Porcelli's Deli, the food is great. <laughs> so what do you say, you know, this girl right. got food for a charity, and I was like, well, thanks, come back soon. <laughs> <laughs> Can you review us on Google? Right, give, us a good, you know, <laughs> give us something on restaurants.com. No, but like, so... It was public, and you went through... That's the business I've chosen. Some, ...some stuff, right? You've been a public face, and it, it's really interesting. When we first got connected, it was right after you got let go from... From CBS. Was it K? CBS. Yeah, but... KZK. 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 And uh, so we started talking back then, and I remember when you got the job at iHeart, and you were really excited, and you did great, right? Your numbers were high. You Always. did really, really well. Always. And... Then, then, you know, there was this rumor going around that iHeart was going to let go of a thousand people, and it was all supposed to happen on a certain day. 
and we all were sweating and we were all you know worried and talking to each other everything okay so we got through that day so we all thought we were good but they didn't do the St. Louis cuts yet that day so the oh. next day four of us got let go and you were one of the four I was five of us actually now that I think about it yeah gotcha so you have I've always been at the mercy of a, of a big company right and now you're the head of Vic Porcelli Entertainment yes we're growing as we speak yeah, so it's really interesting because you're you're literally brand new. You're days old as a public entity, mm-hmm. and five thousand plus followers across all channels in you know a handful of days. Mm-hmm. You've got a podcast going. You've got more to come, and you were a big part of our St. Louis Small Business Independence Day, oh, which that was so much fun. It and it meant so much to me. As one of the people that helped put it together, and I know Jen and Larry, it, it meant a lot to them too. But typically, when you come into something, you're you're a part of something. But you came, you became kind of interwoven into what that was. You were you were talking to the business owners. You really bonded with a couple of them. Totally. And because of that, you mentioned to me afterwards you really wanted to do something focused on veterans. So t- tell me why veterans. Well, you know I. I just, I'm one of those people who just totally appreciate people who put it all on the line. You know what I mean? Sacrificing possibly everything for our freedom, for what we have. I know I would have been a terrible soldier. I have zero discipline when it comes to physical stuff. And I know what it takes to be a soldier just by watching and listening to people. My dad fought in World War II. He was part of the Normandy invasion, believe it or not, um, on Omaha Beach. He wasn't the first wave, but he drove a tank. So did you ever see Saving Private Ryan? Yes. After that bloody 20 minutes, they show a long shot of like a battleship, and there's tanks coming out of it onto planks. That's what he he drove the tanks onto onto Omaha Beach. Really? So, you know, knowing that, and, you know, I have so many friends who who have served and everything, and, and just because I haven't, at the very least, if I'm on a quick trip or something, if I if I got you know those old timers wear the yes. World War II hats, the Korean War hat, and I'll you know at the very least say thanks for serving. If I see what they're going to get, a cup of coffee, I have to buy them a cup of coffee because they've done what I couldn't do, and, and defended our country and defended the freedoms that we have, and I just respect them and revere them and admire them, and I always will. Yeah. So you're a guest on Extreme Ownership, right? And we. Am I not being extreme enough? No, you are. You are, but I'm gonna I'm gonna mention something, and I, I really want your honest take on it because what you just said in today's climate is not necessarily a popular opinion. Well, I, I think we all um, I think we all appreciate the veterans, no matter where we sit on the political fence, and I think that people know what kind of sacrifices, what kind of things people go to that, that are in the military. And I think that'll never go away. Um, and, and it shouldn't be a political statement to thank somebody for serving our country. Right. Absolutely. I agree. No, I agree completely. And that's why I wanted to address it. Now, your voice, Vic, carries a lot of weight in St. Louis. It's it's interesting. And again, it's, it's a lot of name recognition. But, you know, I mentioned your name and I'm like, why do I know that? name there's there's a lot of that and people now have an opportunity to bring you to them 
for different events. So can yeah. you just share with us kind of some of your specialties, expertise, what you're interested in doing right now? Uh, well, certainly any kind of uh, uh, for, or, or organization, if they need a voice, I'm, I'm certainly uh, capable uh, of that. Uh, appearances, uh, grand openings, um, uh, trivia nights, which you've seen me do some trivia nights. Uh, He's really great when things completely fall apart. Vic is great at pulling them together. And it didn't fall apart. We had a little technical glitch, and Jim fixed that up, and we went on. But, you know, anything anything that, that uses my voice more than anything to, to help out a, a business, I'm, I'm there, especially. And, and, you know, I don't want to say a veteran's business is more important than anybody else's business, but, you know, I have this affinity for, for veterans. If I can do something to help them, I'd, I'd love to do that. Yeah, and you, I know that the... First, and we can't share any of them yet because this is all brand new information. I know you'll release it soon, but some of your first sponsors for your podcast are veterans, and I know that's really important to you. So I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to see the next podcast. What is the podcast that's already up and running? Let's talk about that. What's the name of it? That's called Coffee with Vic, with uh, Jen Carter, and also with uh, Becca. Price. We're probably going to swap out an escort team member for the first like five episodes or something, okay. and then we'll bring on some special guests. Okay. And yeah, but time. Jen is a constant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Once you catch Jen, you have that for life. I have to. Switch <laughs> Jen's really good at. It. She's funny and she's sharp and she's very witty. Yeah, yeah. But I also, um, we today we talked about pets. You know, because this whole pandemic thing has made us find different interests and do different things and find out how to entertain ourselves. And uh, so my wife got us into fish. We have like eight fish tanks in the living room with all kinds of fish all in it and she loves it and I love it. And uh, Jen has a uh, part dog, part dinosaur. Yes, named yes, Rex. yeah. And we learned about him. horrible. So stuff like that, it's nothing political whatsoever. It is a zero political show and it's just about different topics and we do it at nine o'clock on a Friday when everybody's drinking coffee. And Thursday we take uh, advice from the Phoenix Gallery that is Vic's massive social media following and that gives us five to 25 things to touch on that people personally requested. Which is great. I, I love to be able to, to handle a topic that people pick. How do I mean, people get in touch with you to submit that topic? Uh, they would go to the, my Facebook uh, page Vic Porcelli, right? Yeah, Vic Porcelli Entertainment. I oh, Vic Porcelli yes. Entertainment okay. on Facebook. And put it on there. Genesis Qua can also take some requests on Absolutely. her. Absolutely. Every week, probably Thursday or Wednesday prior to the episode, we will post a preview and ask for topics that may be geared in one or other particular direction. Yeah. And we'll read through those comments during the broadcast once we're done chit-chatting over the things that we wanted to talk about. Great. I have a question for Vic. Yeah. I don't know if this gentleman was before your time, but you mentioned about serving and giving back, and there is one George man. Washington, right about his time. That doesn't even make sense, Mr. Winkle. There's one man that I really admired in St. Louis radio history and uh, broadcasting history. Can I guess? Can yes. I guess? Paul Arca? No. Oh, okay. Bob Highland. Oh, my God. Did, yes, of course. Did you ever meet him? No. Never okay. met him, never got to work with him. Yeah. Uh, I came here in 1993, and of course he was, you know, 60s, 70s, Camo X. And, right. You know, the guy that everybody just loved to be around and loved to work for and loved to be with. And he gave so much to the St. Louis community. He was yes, a real leader. Yeah. And I like that kind of thing. You know, I like to be able to help out. I met uh, uh, Alvarez, is his last name, Sam? Yes, Sam. with Drive On Motorsport. Yeah, Sam Alvarez, uh, right here. He was sitting right here, and I was sitting here. 
and he told me about his non-profit, which takes veterans and teaches them how to build a car from the bottom up, a race car. And then they get to drive it really fast. No matter how bad their injuries are. Right. If they don't have legs, well, figure out how you can drive the race car 150 miles an hour. What kind of, that's such a great confidence building thing. And he was so humble and so great. And he he's is. a veteran. Yeah, and he he suffers from PTSD, and that was why he started it. So Sam's a, a great guy. I know we're running short on time, so I wanted to do this in two parts. One is a highlight, a spotlight, give you an opportunity to talk about what you're doing. Um, but the other is I want to ask you, you know, Jen's grandfather did it because he had big balls, his words, right? But you... You have been a radio guy. You are a radio guy. From a young age, you wanted to be a radio guy. And I don't think you don't want to be a radio guy, but I think you're really focused on what you're trying to do now, which is to be a voice in a different arena. And if a radio job comes along, great. But until then, or I don't want to put words in your mouth. What is your goal with your company, and why did you do it in the middle of a pandemic? Well, um, you actually taught me that uh, during a pandemic, during the worst of times, is the time to really switch gears, pivot, and do something different. You told me the story about the farmer's market that doubled their income during the pandemic by being very uh, uh, adventurous and very innovative in what they were doing. So why can't I? I stole that from you. Right. That was me first. D- don't, don't. I'm sorry. I filtered it to Jim. He stole that story from you? Yes. And he stole it from the business journal. You thief. <laughs> but here's the thing. Radio is, is what I've done, let's say that, for 37 years, you know. But what is radio? Radio is doing what I'm doing. It's sitting behind a microphone. You know what I mean? I mean, this thing right here was what I was... I, put on the earth to do is to talk into a radio uh, into a microphone so whether it's radio whether it's this you know this I want to grow so I don't have to look back and and, and get back into radio because again I'm at the mercy of a big company you know you just mentioned my ratings that at at the station I was at last you know there are I don't know 25 30 stations in St. Louis mine was top five every time quarterly They, they release ratings quarterly Every time my show was top five and even higher lots of times. And I was the one they decided to let go. So where is your job security at all in that industry? You know? Well, it isn't. So let's do it ourselves. Yes. I don't have to, worry. I don't have to rely on anybody. I don't have to depend on anybody. It's just us. You know, uh, Larry and I actually met in a company where we would do public speaking engagements all the time. And one of the stories that I loved to tell as we were closing know what story out this is as we were closing out these speaking engagements was the story of the realtor. And the realtor was this hardworking gal and she came in early every day, stayed late. She was there, she got there when it was dark, she left when it was dark. And one day her broker, the boss came in and the boss came up and they, they talked to her and he said, he said, you know, you're doing a really, really, really amazing job. I wanna show you something tomorrow. Let's go to lunch. So lunchtime comes, she hops in the car, they drive for about an hour, they're, they're out over the bluffs overlooking the ocean, and they pull up in a big circle drive, and there's a giant house there, and just incredible views. And he looks at her and he says, you know, 
if you keep doing what you're doing, working the way that you're working so hard every day, putting all you've got into it, one day everything you see here will be mine. Mm. And the the moral of the story is, and this is what I say to small business owners, and let me just be clear. When you work with a small business, you are part of the family in almost every case. So this example doesn't apply to you, but it does apply to big business. And the example I always would say at the end after that story is remember, your name is always on the business. If it's not the name on the sign, it's the name on the doormat that the executives wipe their feet on every time they walk in. So for you, I just want to say congratulations. It is an extreme and bold move to take this jump and redefine the way that you get your voice out there. But I've listened to you for years. I was a fan of Porcelli's Deli uh, back in elementary school. I'm just kidding. but no, I remember listening, listening in the radio when I got my car. I would listen to Poor Sally's yeah, Show. It was incredible. Like Music was great. Um, but the one thing I've noticed about your recent time on the radio is there's less and less and less Vic mm-hmm. and more and more and more music and commercials. So the reason why people have tuned into you for years is to hear the things that you have to say. And I, for one, I know I speak for my team, we're excited to be listening, tuning in to a new way that you get your voice out there. And congrats, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate being here. I appreciate you guys. And what you're referring to in the business, all you have to do is find somebody in the, the radio business and say, shut up and play the music. Because right. Right. they really, truly believe that the music was more important than us. You know, And if you go back to the heyday of radio back in the 60s, the 70s. It was Harry Harrison, it was Cousin Brucey, it was Ron Lundy, uh, it was Dan Ingram. And it was those guys, besides the music, that made you listen to the radio station. Absolutely. There was a guy in New York, his name was Vince Skelza, was on my favorite radio station. And one night I was listening to him tell a story, and I was in my car, and I drove home, and by the time I got my driveway, he was still telling the story, and I waited in my driveway until the story was over to get out of the car when he went into the song. So it wasn't the song that really hooked me. For sure. It was his story, you know. And then they took that away from him. Shut up and play the music. Shut up and play the music. So now, guess what? We are the music. Right. Speak on, my brother. That's it, baby. All right. right. Vic Porcelli. Vic Porcelli Entertainment. Office and housed out of the Next Core Complex in St. Louis, Missouri. Please tune in. You can reach out to him, Google him, mm. give him a review, mm. Google him, and then give him a call. Right on. Thank you so much, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Vic. No city quite like St. Louis. Revitalize was founded to be the champion it deserves. Our mission is to promote and strengthen revitalization efforts for the city of St. Louis through public education, civic engagement, and community events. By working together, we can make St. Louis a place where innovation and history walk hand in hand. To learn more, Sign up for the Revitalize mailing list on our website or become a member and receive exclusive access to Revitalize's online community and special events. 
Spring into action today and become an integral member in revitalizing St. Louis. All right, and we're back. <laughs> we are back. J Jen Carter just came up with the best slogan of all time, and we can't tell you. However, you can email us. You can email us at, I can't believe she just said that, at thenextcore.com. Um, no, she said better cities. Be okay, anyway. Um, so we're going to talk about St. Louis and why it is the best city on the planet. My favorite subject. So I was born in Chicago. I had no relatives in St. Louis, never been to St. Louis, but when I was eight years old, seven years old, started leaving notes to my mom that I was running away to St. Louis. When I was 11, I started getting the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and for those that remember, the St. Louis Globe Democrat. My parents thought I was crazy. Finally, when, they, when I turned like 14 or 15, they took me here to shatter my dreams, but I loved it more and ended up moving here and just like, some people want to go to Paris or Hollywood, like my whole goal was to get to St. Louis. So I have arrived. Anyways, one of the things I love about St. Louis is its history and just some of the, peop the people that lived here were so incredible. I want to talk for a second about the immigrant home in St. Louis that was built in the 1850s by John, John Mullenfee. He was the first millionaire Irish businessman in St. Louis and his dad had been mayor of St. Louis. And is there a problem? No. Oh, okay, great. So she just thinks your segment is I'm a little just, boring. I'm, I'm trying to get the. We're gonna play the video that we recorded. Yeah. In front of the, yeah. So yeah. So, okay. anyways, I so I took Jim down there and Jen, and we we were down at the house. It's still there. It's boarded up, but we were able to like put our hands in through the cracks of the windows. And yeah, it was really. Didn't we feel like it I was mean, crazy? Was, yeah, so it was so, a hot day. Right. And, like, you could pull back a little bit and, like, this cool Spirits, yes. air, like, but it was a, really, it was yeah. a little bit overwhelming. So, the, how that relates to this set, this show is, imagine, you know, people back in the 1800s or any people coming to a new country, a new city, and living in a home with all these other people that left whatever it was behind. Like Jim was saying before, they, they left that $600 a week paycheck or whatever, $600 a month paycheck. They left what they knew behind. They came to a new place because their hope for a better life was more, was, uh, more stronger than their current life. They, they were willing to give it up all to get to something new and the I felt I, I'll just say it I felt the energy or the vibration of the hundreds or the thousands of people that passed through that home all with like hope I mean all with hopes and dreams all with like leaving yes. friends and relatives behind to come to make a better life and so that was extreme and, th and that's another reason that I, I love you know what we do because I feel I'm extreme, Jim's extreme, like that's part of what makes our partnership thrive. But like, on the other hand, like, that's what other people would say, like probably people back in Ireland or Germany or whatever country these people came from, they said it might have been extreme, but to the people who came, it was like normal for them because they had to do it. So I don't feel that I'm extreme. Some people may say like, I am, but like, it's, it's normal for me. And I want to say also that I think for people that are willing to 
you know, put one foot in front of another and go on like a path less known, that that is extreme. But if it's part of who you are, it just becomes it feels amazing. natural. Yeah, natural. So, That's the word I'm. So looking. let me correct you. You Thank you. You are absolutely extreme. You're extreme in your beliefs. You're extreme in your philosophies. I've seen you. I've seen you bend metal with your throat. Okay. I've known about you walking on broken glass and fire and coals and. I've seen you do amazing things, and I've known about amazing things that you've done, and those are extreme. However, I believe that it's it's part of who you are. It is. So while others would think it was extreme, Larry would think it would be extreme to not yeah. follow what's truly in your heart. And that's why you're an entrepreneur. Yes. That's why you're an investor. That's why you have the philosophies that you have because you believe that the things that other people think are extreme are just who you are and why you do them. And that's why, honestly, it's one of the things that attracted me to to you as a business partner is that you're always willing to take the next step, the step less traveled. And there have been many times where we were just... Right I don't know how to say it. We were like down and out, ready to right. close and like bleep this out. But the shit had hit the fans, yes. and we were done. We crafted the closing letter to yes. our members one time. We crafted this, and then we took that one last step. Yes. And for us, we were well. You were resigned to the fact that we were closing. I said we never would, but you had decided to make the step. You decided to close, but that extreme nature inside of yeah. you, I reeled you back in. He did. <laughs> I reeled you no, back he, in. He did. Yeah. But and you, I also just I just gotta stop and interrupt. I I say this often but I always say it. When if you are in business with a partner or you have a spouse or wife or anything and things are supposed to be 50-50 at any get they're rarely 50-50 at any given moment. So at that time it was like 95 Jim and 5% me. But there were times when like, you know, uh, Jim had physical issues. It was like 90% me and 10% him. Like our partnership has rarely been 50-50. Over a period of time it's 50-50, but hardly any week is 50-50. But that's that's what makes, um, that's how you count on people. Yeah, for sure. It, and it is, it is the ability to lean on someone. And I encourage you to have this. Like, a partnership is better than going it alone. Like, I love the solopreneurs. I love the entrepreneurs. But you are so much better off with a team and people that you can lean on. And if you don't have that team, lean on us. Call us. Be part of the show. Join us. Come to NextCore. Whatever. Lean on us. Because one of the things that we've done is we have screwed up a ridiculous amount. Right? We have made so many mistakes. It's kind of a joke. I've been sued. I've been like everything you can imagine in business. I've lost businesses, lost cars, lost homes, lost everything. Larry's had to give up things and sacrifice things. And he even gave up stuff. And then they came back after it again. Yes. One time because he gave it up the wrong way. Yeah. And I've also, that's a funny way to say that. that Okay. And I also like, I lived out of my car. I mean, I, I, you know, one year I was living in in Beverly Hills in a beautiful home and about 16 months later I'm living out of my car so it it hasn't I mean was it a nice car it it actually was it it was an infinity 
which I saw it was it, it was he was living in his infinity yeah but then I had to give up the infinity because I was so far behind on the car payments I didn't want to get stopped by the police well if you never get out of the car they can never find it if I never get out yes they can because I had another car repossessed they found <laughs> I'm just I'm, how many cars have you had repossessed only only one because I gave up the infinity before they it got so that was a voluntary repossession I have also yeah. had repossessions yeah. like my, on your journey my my point, you will go through some stuff yeah my my point is like I don't know what my point is nobody knows what your point I don't, is I don't but you got the immigrant video to cut oh yeah the immigrant yeah so I mean let's go to that Everybody, it's Jim Shelby and my business partner Larry Cohn. Where are we, Larry? What's the name of this place? This place is called the Mullamphy Immigrant Home. There's, there, uh, it's hard to describe this unless you're here, but there's an energy about the building. And Larry shared with me the story of how people from all over the world, different backgrounds, different nations, different ethnicities, came here. This is the first immigrant house built west of the Mississippi River. And I gotta tell you, just like looking around the building, feeling the building, there's an energy here. So tell us a little bit more about the story. Yeah, so first of all, as a small business owner, our imagination is so important in the creation of whatever our business is. So I just would like you, the viewer, to use your imagination right now. And I wanna take you back to the mid 1800s when this house was first built. And people from Italy and Germany and Ireland and all and like dozens of countries all came to St. Louis under the uh, generosity of John Mulamphy, who was a mayor of St. Louis, and by the way, the son of the first Irish millionaire in St. Louis. And he built his home to welcome people to St. Louis. So just imagine all the hopes and all the dreams that lay inside this building. And I'm telling you, like, Jim and I are standing here on the street, and we can feel like the energy. There's a certain, like, feeling in the air that's coming out and I know that you know I don't know if we want to call it a spirit or something but for me like it's it I just feel the hopes and the dreams and the aspirations of all those that came to a new land seeking something better so this house was built in the mid 1800s and Melamphy and his will dedicated money uh, to keep this house going you know for a lifetime or whatever that lifetime means but the point of the story is is after 29 years I believe it was 1879 the city closed down the immigrant home and they used Mullenfee's money to take immigrants and then you know house them in certain apartments or certain places scattered throughout the city so what what is cool about this is here is the concentration of people that came to America seeking something better and I think that's why the energy is so abundant here yeah it's it's very palpable you can feel it I reached into it was weird I reached inside the window and uh, you can see the original glass all painted over yeah, uh, we're on a 14th Street in West Florissant in North St. Louis if you just have an opportunity drive by and just park and just look at it and just feel the energy of the dreams and the hopes which I know all of us um, whether you're a small business owner or not all of us probably have more than ever right now more dreams and more hopes because when we live in a world that's so um, so uh, 
upset with contrast right now. You know, that, that the contrast, however unwanted it is, always births something of greater value, meaning we now have more hopes and more desire. So Jim and I just thought it was fitting that we come to the immigrant home that was filled with the desires and the dreams and also just, you know, look back at some of the generosity of lots of St. Louisans like Malamphy. Back to us. Is that what you really said? Rocket launch? Because well, I added a rocket to the end of your nice. video to. Uh, because we're going to the moon? Hoist you guys into. Well, not the moon. No, space. space. Yeah. Space. Yeah, I've space. really, I've really always wanted there. to go to Uranus. That's, that's a lot more than 250K. Well, unless you go to the fudge place off 44. <laughs> yes. Uranus fudge factory. Right. They pack we, it in. We did stop there once, <laughs> expecting something else. Yeah, yeah it was really, it, it, no. I was really disappointed. Yes. It was kind of a family place. Right. Sweet. Not at all what I had hoped for. Right. However, nine miles down the road. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we are back. So before. In other words, one like, small step at a time, you'll get your journey. If it ain't Uranus, keep going. Did I just say that? You did. Anyway. We're gonna go back. This is where things went downhill. I don't really like when things go down this quickly. I think you need to be slower on the go down. Yes. Anyway. My, my, take I mean, you're my at the 30 pills. minute mark, so. I don't know what you mean. Anyway, so um, we had talked about the immigrant house, and, and just in, we've now played the video. I wanna tell you, it was a humbling place to walk into, like all kidding aside, to just know what it, took for those people to get here and some of them from where they came i mean they had to cross yeah. the mississippi like in some of the stories we've talked about in times when it wasn't really easy to do that exactly. so i i feel like it's always good to take a step back look at yourself and realize that what you're doing right now isn't all that hard. You just have to bury your head and do it. Now, rest assured, it's probably the hardest thing you've ever done to do it and do it right, but compared to life and death situations, it's it's not really a big deal. I was talking, to, I'll wanna share one other thing and then I'll come back to you. I was talking to someone the other day about a situation they were facing and something someone had said to you, and I can't remember if it was a movie or a comedian or a speaker or something, but they talked about they're walking down the street and the person across the street looked at him and said, I hate you, I wish you'd die, and then just kept walking. And when you hear something like that, it's kind of, oh, okay, you just kind of laugh. But what if you walked in and that was your mom exactly. saying that to you, right? It's different considering the source. So when we're going through these challenges where people are like, your idea is stupid, your business isn't viable, this, that, whatever they say, remember, that they're not the ones taking care of you. They're not the ones that gave birth to you and are planning to support you. They're just the naysayers. And you're gonna have a ton of those in your life and you have to get yeah. over it, get past it. And in order to do, to do that, you have to be extreme. You have to be willing to shut off the emotions and it's hard to do, it takes practice. It does. But seeing that home and seeing what they went through, it was pretty, pretty amazing. But you saw another place in St. Louis, that, or near St. Louis, 
that I had never even heard of. You oh, posted it on Facebook. Fields. You got a ton of comments on it. I did. Tell us about that. Yeah. Where is it located? So, what is it? If you've been listening to this podcast, I've been like studying St. Louis and reading about St. Louis since I was eight years old. And I pretty much think I know everything about this city, but I did not know there was a sunflower field. And one of, it's one of the top like five or ten sunflower fields in the United States. And it's located in the... Didn't know there was a grading scale. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, I, didn't, I didn't know any of this. And uh, my goddaughter, who was visiting from Arizona, was the one who told me about this. Anyhow, it's in the uh, Columbia Bottoms Conservation Area, which is near the confluence of the Missouri and Mis- Mississippi Rivers. And we went there a few days ago, and it was absolutely incredible. What's so funny? I was going to say, for, for some of our guests, explain what confluence is. Oh, look, it's the... Uh, it's the intersect or the meeting of the two largest waterways. Like the meeting of the waters? Yes. Cue that video next time. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, so we went to the sunflower fields, and I didn't know that sunflowers attract butterflies, but there were lot, lots of butterflies there, and the sunflowers were you know, taller than me, and not many people are taller than me, so it was really cool to meander along the paths and get lost in the sunflowers. And you took... I'm a, Speaking of kids, sidebar. Yeah. Tell me about your kid excursion. How many kids yeah, so, did so you have sold custody of? I had like of? kids. You know, people like anyway. He had I a had, herd. I had eight kids that were with me for you know two three days that I was just their responsible guardian. Um, One of them was my child, yeah. and in true responsible fashion, I went out three days in a row. Larry yeah. had them all. I mean, I seven, seven were mine, and one was his. So, you know, I figured. I missed him during that time, but I had a blast. <laughs> it was quite an, quite an experience. Eight kids. Um, I didn't get much sleep, but anyways, we did do the sunflower fields, and we and eight kids did come out. So that's good. <laughs> Because, it, I mean, I'm 6'2", and I got lost in the field. Some of the kids are, you know, just five and six years old. So um, we managed to... But I thought you had them all on ropes. No. <laughs> Put tall flags on them. We, we, managed, we managed to do it. But if you haven't been, check it out. Sunflower, sunflower Fields in the uh, Columbia Bottoms Conservation Area. All right. So it's time for a quote. It's time for a quote. Can I share a quote that I think seems... You sound like the guy from Saturday Night Live. I am. Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. Deep Thoughts by Larry Cohn. My name is Larry Cohn, and I've had deep thoughts. What are they, Larry? Thanks for asking, Jim. Are you going to say the quote? Yeah. Okay. So we talked about going to space. We talked about one small step at a time. We talked about losing weight. It's one pound at a time. We talked about a lot of things that in the end seem extreme, but in the middle of it aren't very extreme because you're taking it step by step by step. Here's the quote. A happy life is just a string of happy moments, but most people miss the happy moments because they're so busy trying to get a happy life. I love that quote. And it, it represents what we talked about today. Just take it a little, a little, a little, and all of a sudden it becomes big. Be, be happy now. Find something to be happy about now. <laughs> Just be happy now. Be, be a little happier now. Just find something you can be happy about now. 
It may not be the best happiness you've ever had, just something, something, something. And then a couple minutes from now, just find something to be happy about. Maybe it's the breeze from the window, just something, something to be happy about. And before you know it, you've strung together a series of happy moments versus looking for the happy life. That's I, my thought. I do like that quote. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, and you know, when I was living out of my car, that's one of the quotes that kept me going because I, I, I knew that I didn't have a happy life, but I could find a happy moment. I, I could, you know, it was fall. I could look at the colors of the trees. I could find, always find a happy moment. And I just had to string together happy moments. And then I became happy. That's the quote. That sounds great. It really is. It's, I'm, I'm telling you, kids, he may make fun of it. And I know he's not making fun of it. But it's just, just look for a thing to be happy about just now. Just now. Just now. It's fine. What can we expect next week? And how do you want to wrap? Well, so there's a couple things that I want to do. We are getting our feet wet a little bit in this podcast. And we want to have some fun. So as we were sitting here, I was jotting down a few things. So what if we added a segment? I guess we're going to have to since I'm talking about it. But try something new. K-N-E-W. Oh, yeah. Try something new. Something we didn't know about in St. Louis or somewhere. So here's what I'm going to ask. If you have a place in St. Louis, if you're a business owner in St. Louis and you want us to come try it, check it out, see it, do it, tag us below. And in the next week, in between trips, vacations, parachuting, jumping out of airplanes, landing on the moon, and coming here and visiting Larry's Uranus. Wait. Visiting Uranus with Larry, we will come try something new with you. We will. Right. And then. Just wash your hands first, please. Wash your hands. <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> Hold me. Anyway. So, how do they get in touch with us? How would they. How would they. You know, we're just like, we're the beautiful faces on the camera. And if you're listening, on the audio. So, Jen, how would they get in touch with us? They could call 314-635-0500. And ask for who? Larry. Oh, Jen, good. Jen? Becca? Ask for Jen. Jen's your man. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, reach out to us. You can also Email. comment, message us on Facebook. The Extreme Ownership Podcast is how you reach us. So, feel free to do that. And then, so, next week... You can expect the first ever off-site, bridged-in, on-location, international Extreme Ownership Podcast. Where will we be again? Puerto Vallarta. That's where I think we'll be, but who knows? Who knows? Mexican prison. <coughs> That'd be awesome. That's assuming we make it out of the parachute tomorrow. <laughs> right. But otherwise, we might be at St. Luke's, but... Tandem jumping the, the, is very the, safe. The, the, I'm willing to bet if we don't make it out of the jump, we won't be at St. Luke's. Yeah. You might be at St. John's. No. I bet no, we'll, we'll be, be at St. Festus Perry. Memorial. <laughs> yeah. Festus <laughs> Memorial Hospital. <laughs> we'll be in the little case that stays cold. Anyway, um, join us next week. We're looking to always refine, redesign, and be a part of the St. Louis landscape. And we want to make St. Louis... Bigger, better, badder, and more recognized than ever. Be prepared to be exposed and be extreme. Larry this calls is us out. Extreme ownership with Jim and Larry. And extreme ownership. Extreme ownership.
Yeah!